Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Bollocks. It is the third and final episode in the Sepultura Sepulquarta Quadra Special. A trilogy, if you will. That's what we call anything with three parts, isn't it? So, my name is Howard H. Smith. I am lead singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain. First put out an album back in oh, 1988 put out the most recent album in 2019, The Age of Entitlement. Check that out when you get chance. I've also been a stand-up comedian for 25 years. Um, That's been fun until the virus hit. Um, And I do this ear podcast. So feel free to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you like. It's available everywhere. There's also extras at Patreon. Um, Just wherever you're listening to this, whatever device, look at the uh, description of the podcast. You'll see support this podcast if you tap that that's a live link and that takes you to where you can sign up for extras for just five dollars a month and you too can get this podcast early you get behind the scenes stuff you get extras and you also get to ask questions of your heroes as you will hear later on so this third part is with the man that brought quadra together we've heard from derek and uh, andreas about their roles and we've heard from them both about um jens's role and now we get to speak to jens himself now uh, full disclosure um he mastered uh, the age of entitlement the album i just described he mastered that for us uh, at the end of last year so um we have a little bit of a chat about that i don't know why i'm mentioning it because you're going to hear that anyway so Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, without further ado, here is my conversation with Jens Bogren. Hello, Jens. Howard, how are you? I am very well. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Thank you. Excellent. So uh, I, I, uh, I had a different Jens Bo- uh, uh, Bogren account. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, Jens from Sweden. There's, there's, there's two of you. I've been, mess- I've been messaging him, so um, he's got a surprise coming to him. Ah, okay. But I wonder if that's also my account, possibly. Or uh, did you see my last name on that one as well? Yeah, it's, it's, it's identical. I can send you a screenshot. Uh, it's identical to the one you have at the moment. All right. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if. Duplicate account for for whatever reason. Yeah, that's good to know though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> just, look into that. just so you know. Just so you know. Um, okay. So hello, thank you. We uh, we meet at last. Yes, I'm sorry about the hassle last week. It was a no no problem. I have I've spoken to um, I've spoken to uh, Derek uh, and Andreas at length. Um, so you know, and- Andreas painted me a picture of a man who likes to be busy. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It just happens. <laughs> yeah, but, it's uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, well, and and I'm um, just a look, one look at your Wikipedia page shows how busy you you really are. Is that? I mean, well, presumably it's not entirely accurate. But that's a that's a phenomenal um, amount of work. Do you ever do you ever kind of look back on stuff and go like, right? I can't believe how many projects I've been involved with. <laughs> well. Um... No, I, th- I think it's um, it's probably not complete either, that thing. But I guess, you know, I've been doing this now for uh, for 20 years, um, like full time. So and since I also do like a lot of 
mixing, uh, which is faster. You know, I can crank out like two albums a month when yeah. I do mixing. Uh, while uh, if, if I do productions, it will take me longer. And then I also do, you know, quite a bit of mastering work, which um, that, that can pretty quickly add to the client list. Well, 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 do you know what? You've you've strolled into that particular conversation without any urging. So why don't we have the... I, I want to get this out of the way up top. Um, thank you so much for your work on The Age of Entitlement. Um, the, the the mastering was just the, the cherry on, on the cake that just brought everything oh, yeah. together. Okay. Cool. <laughs> we were just... Yeah, we were blown away with that, man. It was absolutely awesome. Thank you very much. Okay, cool. Thank you. And just so I remember correctly, was this um, was that one mixed by um, was it Jace? Or yes. Was it mixed no, by... it was Jace. Yeah, it was. All right. Yeah. 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 Now I remember. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, and you, and you. I mean, he, you know, he, we we all, we wanted size. We wanted an album that sounded huge, and that's what we went for right from the off. And then you just made it that bit huger, if that's even a word. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, so, um, so I've spoken to I've spoken to Derek and I've spoken to Andreas at length, and um, uh, yeah, we're we're looking at putting these podcasts out on on Quadra Wednesdays. Uh, it, it's it's kind of it's just an accident how it happened. I actually ended up getting Derek as an interview, and then I got that, and a friend of mine who helped set interviews up um, got Andreas, and I was like, oh, that's great. And in between interviewing the two of them, I got a marketing email from you. And and it was like it landed oh, yeah. in my inbox, and I was like, "Oh my god, the perfect guy to interview, perfect!" So if you hadn't sent that email, you wouldn't be here. So hard luck. All right. <laughs> um, but they've, I mean, both both Andreas and uh, and Derek were, you know, extremely fulsome in their praise um, of working with you. Um, but Andreas also explained what what a very different experience making Quadra was than. Machine Messiah, because um, I understand you—you you know, you were, you were basically about to become a father during the making of Machine Messiah, or something like that. Um, that might be it. I don't remember actually. Um, I remember that I broke my foot in the middle of the session. Oh, I, I, I yes, I heard about that. That was um, what was that doing again? Now, I, I mean, uh, I do sports like uh, it's called floorball. It's a pretty Scandinavian thing. Um, it's like indoor um, hockey kind of thing, and uh, I don't know. I was just out of shape and uh, happened to <laughs> to break my foot. So uh, yeah, I went to the ER, and the next morning I was uh, back in the studio, basically to <laughs> crutches. Oh man, that, that that is that is a work ethic. That really is. Um, so when did you start getting involved in the process of, of Quadra? Was it, would it be like, you know, early demos or when, when did you sort of start hearing it? Yeah, I mean, uh, preferably uh, <laughs> I would be involved early. The, the thing is, um, as with Sepultura and as with many bands, uh, usually people tend to be pretty late with their songwriting. <laughs> and I mean, there are uh, exceptions, but... Um, in this case, I think I managed to, to hear some songs before we entered the studio and, you know, send some some pointers and, uh, and notes. But um, most of the work that we did, did on the songs um, happened in the studio because they were not ready with the songwriting before that. 
Right. Okay. So that so, uh, uh, presumably I, I, that's. I think that aligns with what they said, unless I remember. <laughs> <correctly. laughs> uh, now I, I think they were a little bit more um, on par with the songwriting uh, for the Machine Messiah. This time it was a little bit more, uh, um, yeah, last minute kind of thing. But um, yeah. But did that um, in any way? Did that benefit the um, the, the process in any way? Because I know Andreas was um, was quite keen to point out that during it felt to him like during the making of the album, every time somebody had a, an idea, it just it, it seemed to work, and you just kept adding layers as you went. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm used to working that. I think that's a nice creative process. Um, to, I'm not afraid of you know changing things in, in the studio and. Um, discussing even song structures down to the very last um, second, basically. Um, I think that's it's a fun way of working. Whilst if you do like a lot of pre-production before, and then you enter the studio and like re-record everything again, that could work against you a little bit. Like um, it feels like you're covering, you're making a cover of your own songs, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, whilst if you, um, um, yeah, put a little bit more on, if you, if you make sure that you have like a, you know, basic good core song and melodies before the studio, but you don't think too much about the surrounding elements. Um, for me, that usually ends up with a more interesting, um, product. And, uh, yeah. And I think that has to do with, um, the fact that you can, you know, be more creative in the studio, and yeah, let's do this, and then we do it, and then we move on. Yeah. Um, so, so you basically you say yeah. you can you can be you can be a bit, you know, there's a danger in being over prepared. Sometimes I've, I've noticed that, yeah, with some bands that come in and they've made so such proper demos, and they they can also not strive away from that. If, if you come with a with suggestions, it's like, yeah, but well, you know, this is the song. Uh, we're happy with this. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I do feel that you can definitely be overprepared, but it's also very different. Some bands are, you know, would still really benefit from that and would still be open uh, when, you, when you get into the studio. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's really from project to project. But many really great albums have been written in the studio, more or less. So um, I think both works. And for for me, with the bands that I've worked with, I would say that most of them has not been super prepared entering the studio, and we would still, you know, be able to crank something really cool out of it. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I get that leaving that sort of percentage of room, that headroom, if you like, to 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 be flexible in the studio is is yeah lead, leads to things being created that you wouldn't have expected. Rather than going in, yeah. rather than going in over prepared, like you say, um, and presumably as well, you have you know you have the opposite where you've got people who are under prepared, and you you start feeling like you know I need I need a songwriting credit on this album. Yeah, that can be a nightmare, especially when it comes to to lyrics, because uh, that's pretty common. That uh, oops, apparently um, there were not enough lyrics uh, for this album, and um, like last minute kind of thing and then you end up sitting and helping writing lyrics um, instead of you know trying to record proper vocals so in, in that regard when it comes to, to lyrics it's great if, if those are you know at least 
pretty prepared uh, because that's a, a really time-consuming task uh, and usually needs you know to go to back and forth especially if I'm helping helping with that since I'm, since I'm not native English <laughs> so but um, yeah we've you know we've done some cool lyrics as well in this video over the years yeah, that's that, that's really interesting. Speaking as a lyric writer myself, you know, I mean, I've 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 always got too many words, um, and and it kind of yeah, it it it, it, it amazes me that that you know people can turn up with, you know, it, without lyrics, without completed lyrics. It's yeah, that's um, that's insane. Um, it is insane. <laughs> yeah, ever so slightly. Yeah. Well, as um, as my good friend Andy Sneap always says, you know, one and you know his favorite bit of advice for any band entering the studio learn the fucking songs <laughs> yes that is a very good advice but it's i mean it's hard the the bigger or more uh, at least the more experienced the band is the less prepared they usually are actually um, because um, you know usually it's people with you know families and um, they have their tour cycles and then when they come back from the tour, they're supposed to start writing and enter the studio. But then, you know, it feels pretty good to be home uh, with the family and, uh, and then everything gets a little bit late. Uh, and there's usually those kind of people that don't have their lyrics prepared and uh, didn't write their songs, you know, finished and definitely didn't rehearse anything. <laughs> I, I know. And, and some people listening to this will be quite amazed that, um, that you know, some bands can be so disorganized, but it, but that's not always the case, is it? It's not always a case of being disorganized. Sometimes it's just, you know, it it's circumstance. It can be a, a you know a, a label pushing an unrealistic timeline, and and presumably all of that stress and pressure ends up on you as well. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely be like that, and it's also it could also be that they feel that you know from experience that yeah, it always works out. You know, the producer will. <laughs> Sometimes some really, really good songwriting can happen on the spot in the studio as well. So, but uh, it's really, you know, it's really down to personal business. I've been working with a, a German band called Powerwolf. Um, I've been doing pretty well lately, and uh, they are like the opposite. If you would think, how would a German band be? They would probably be pretty organized, right? And <laughs> if we if we're going with are. that particular racial stereotype, then yes. <laughs> Yeah, but by the same token, you should you should be uh, you should be speaking to me um, from your Volvo on uh, on your way to your sauna. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> sauna does finish though. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, of course. Over here, believe it or not, no, we still we, that, that's that's something we've assigned to the Swedish. Hard luck. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, they are a band like uh, you know that tour a lot and. Um, and make you know uh, as a living, and they still have their families, and still they are super prepared. Like you know, have the songs and proper demos. Almost sounds like the album already. Uh, everything is uh, is done. And then on the um, on the other side, you have bands. Um, well, I, I guess I shouldn't mention too many bands that are <laughs> disorganized, but there are plenty of them for sure. And so in in and. and... Presumably, when it, when it's a situation like that, it then becomes about 
you know, almost, and I've spoken to producers before about this, and it's, you know, and funnily enough, Andreas and Derek said the same thing. It's like for that period when you're making the album, you effectively become, you effectively become a band member. Um, yeah. And, and part, you know, you, you, you have your say, and, you know, they both said you're very forthright about, um, you know, your, your, your opinions, and, you know, you're not backwards about coming forwards, as we, we'd say over here. Have you have you always been like that? Is that or is that sort of confidence developed over the years? Uh, that's, that's a good question. I, I guess it develops over the years. Um, also, as you grow older, you know, it's a little easier to <laughs> to be the the father of the actual album um, uh, production uh, play. Um, but uh, now I do remember actually uh, one anecdote when I was I was working as an engineer for some um, like gospel um, album and there was this um, producer um, and we were editing vocals and I was constantly you know saying my my th- thoughts about it like uh, now nah, but don't you think we should use that take etc and still he. At some point, he he got pissed. Like, you know, shouldn't you just find your place as engineer and don't tell me what you <laughs> what to do? So I guess um, that's when I realized that uh, well, I don't really like being the engineer only. <laughs> I want to have, I want to be in control. So um, yeah, I guess that's always been with me a little bit. You know, uh, I prefer making the decisions. <laughs> Yeah, sure, and 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 I guess it, as as you progress as well, it's 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 your you know it's it, it, when you're when you're putting your name on something, um, especially when you're you know doing the whole thing, producing, mixing the whole project, um, you know you it, it you know it's it's got to be up to a certain standard for for you as, as much as the band. Yeah, uh, that is true. That said, I mean, the, the album production is definitely. Um, um corporate uh, corporation um it's um you cannot i don't expect to get my will through uh, at all times uh, i see it as you know important that my client is happy as well um and then of course you know usually if i if i'm happy the, the client gets happy and not necessarily the other way around but uh, it's usually okay on some occasions, there have been some some issues with that, you know, like it feels like I'm walking against the stream all the time. Like any suggestion that, that I make is uh, immediately put down by some other, you know, strong member of the band that, you know, just seems to have a problem with <laughs> authorities or whatever. So that has happened uh, a few times. So but that's usually just down to, to that person and uh, then you need to balance that a little bit like okay should i push you know try to push my will or should i try to just be a little bit relaxed about it then you have to weigh outcome against the client hopefully coming back if that's what you want uh, etc so you know you're working with people so every production is, is different and and presumably as well is if you if you're trying to if you're trying to make a point um, and get it across like that, and um, I, I guess it depends if you've got you know if there's other members of the band that are kind of you know agreeing with you and trying to and trying to get that across, 
or whether you're you know so hence you kind of you can push harder whereas if you're trying to get something across and and the entire band seem against it it's kind of one of those where you just kind of just okay hold your hands up and move on absolutely on the other hand you don't want to stir up conflicts within the band either yeah so uh yeah i would say i mean production is it's a tough job because it's you know both the creative artistic side uh, it's the technical side of it these days anyway when the producer has to do everything more or less um and um then it's also the whole psychology thing you know oh yeah um getting you know your ways your thoughts implemented um, still keeping a good uh, tone you know a good good vibe and making sure that people perform the way uh, they should let's say that i make the singer grumpy for some reason for some change that i want to you know get through and he or she doesn't really want to do that then it's hard to try to uh, to get a great vocal performance out of that yes. or sometimes that's exactly what's needed like some anger <laughs> so it's um yeah you constantly need to balance on this line when you produce yeah, I mean, I've spoken to a few producers, obviously worked with, uh, you know, a few over the years. And, and, and without a doubt, you know, a, a big part of the job is is psychology. Um, I mean, we, we recorded individually with Jace and he said it was like, you know, it's almost like, you know, individual appointments with your psychologist. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and everyone works differently. But it's funny that you mentioned about the singer as well, because... You know, one thing all producers have got in common that have said it's 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 very different coaching a performance out of a singer than it is to a guitarist or a drummer or anything else because because their their instrument is themselves. So when you're when you're critiquing vocals, you're essentially critiquing, you know, that person. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Now it, it, it's sensitive, and also if I should pull another stereotype, I, I guess. Um, you know, it's usually a little bit of an ego happening with with, uh, with singers compared to a bass player. <laughs> sure, surely not. You're you're saying that us singers have got have got maybe a slightly large ego. Surely not. Oh, I know. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 well, I mean, Derek you know, was, was very complimentary and said he really enjoyed working with you and, 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 and how sort of, you know, collaborative the process is. And I'm exactly the same. I think, I think from a vocal point of view, again, the, the same things apply as we were saying about, about the rest of the, um, uh, uh, the process. But with vocals, I always find it's, it's like, I refer to it kind of like a movie director, you know, it's like, okay, do one, you know, do one, let's get one right for the script, but then let's do one for yourself as well and yeah. see which we prefer. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and I'm pretty demanding when it comes to amount of takes and that kind of thing, you know, uh, I always feel that, you know, perhaps we, we can get this a little better or, and that's very, very, that's doable like pretty easily when it comes to guitars and bass drummers is a little harder because it's the physical aspects wearing them down and the same with with vocals you know both mentally and, and physically wearing people down by requiring too many takes that's also something you need to like carefully try to to balance and do try to if you feel that the concentration is is about to to go south a little bit then you need to perhaps not say that uh 
you know what? Now it sounds like shit. Let's take a break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps you you need to you, you need to make something up. Like you know what? I have a little bit you know just a question here about about the lyrics. Do you, would you mind step in here? And you know you can create a break. In, you, you can do it in different ways, basically. You know, you do. You do realize, Jens, that now there anyone listening to this that's recorded with you or is going to record with you, right? Will now, will now, yeah, will now, will now know that when Jens wants a, lyric, a chat about the lyrics, no, no, it means you've just done a shit take, <laughs> <laughs> or he might actually want to know about the lyrics. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you have to mask my voice in this interview. You know, <laughs> really, really, really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, and I mean, you know, collaboratively getting getting inside there and getting getting in amongst the songs and is 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 that what you is that what you'd prefer? I mean, presumably, you know, it's, like you said, some bands will turn up and its demos almost sound like the album, and and really, your 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 job is kind of less creative in a sense. Whereas, you know, with with so you know something like Quadra, the you know the guys said that you were very much involved and throwing out ideas, and it was very collaborative. Um, is, is that what you prefer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the most fun, you know, uh, doing that. But uh, but I do work, you know, both ways. Sometimes it can also be pretty nice to focus on not everything because it also wears you down as a producer, uh, having to work you know, long days worrying about everything and the uh, deadline is approaching. And if I just, you know, put some more hours in here, we can perhaps do this a little better. And uh, so sometimes it could be nice with a little more relaxed um, production. Also where you're like partially involved, perhaps not tracking everything yourself um, and that kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, like, Creatively speaking, and also looking back at, at productions, uh, I would say that the, the ones that I enjoyed the most were the ones that, you know, you were deeply involved. It gets more personal that way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ironic. It, well, basically, it's the ones that, it, the ones that you, the, um, I don't know, sometimes it's the ones that were the hardest work. Do you know what I mean? It's like, because yeah, yeah, when yeah. you get that deep, it is, you're getting deeper and deeper into the work. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and sometimes um, you know I, I briefly mentioned some <laughs> some on some occasions where you have these like constant conflicts for some reason with a with a mem with a member of the band or, or uh, whatever. Some of these albums has also come out really good. You know, it's like that creative conflict actually worked. Um, oh yeah, for the, for the you know really good. And uh, then you forget about the hardships and you listen to the album a few years later. It's like, oh, yeah, that became really, really good. And then you've, you know, already forgotten about all the quirks. Yeah, that, and, and uh, that's something that's very interesting um, that, that I, I kind of wanted to mention. Do you, do you need some distance between when you're working on the album and mixing it? Or would you rather, you know, do, do all of it there and then? Well, I mean... The fact is that I usually feel like I don't need it when I when I'm there, but um, I always know that it will become better if I if I do distance myself uh, from it. Usually, it's not possible because of deadlines and whatnot. But you know, to at least have a few days off from the material, come back, make sure that you you know don't 
do any shortcuts like you know start from where you left just put everything to zero <laughs> remove all the effects you might have put there just start from scratch build up the mix again treat it as an external mix coming in that's always um, a better method so but yeah Preferably, I would like to have two months between the production and the mixing, but you know that never happens. I was I was just going to say, presumably, time constraints mean that, and also the way labels work um, is that look, you know, we we're we're sending the band over to you for X amount of weeks, and at the end of that, we want a finished, mastered album. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You've essentially got no time. You, you can't basically turn around to the label and go, "Well, you know, can we have a can we have a, a month space and then mix it?" It's it's not going to happen. Yeah, no. I mean, then it would need to be planned for that uh, to begin with. And like I said, it's well, it might have happened like once, <laughs> but usually it's a it's a close call. And you know, productions they you might have some like a spare week in there in, in the schedule, but that usually is already taken by you know, whatever needs doing. And then you haste into to mixing. <laughs> well, your, your, well, your work on, um, on Quadraman is absolutely superb. I mean, the, the production is phenomenal. I mean, it's without doubt my, uh, my, my favourite album of the year so far. Um, oh, thank you. Oh, man, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. In fact, um, you know, Andreas was saying when you were just talking about mixing there, he was saying that when, when he was sat in the studio and you know, heard the, the actual finished album for the first time, that, um, that uh, he burst into tears, in a good way, I might add. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good thing. Okay, yeah, and uh, that, that's nice. Yeah, he told me that it was a strong emotional experience from him for him, you know, because it had been a long journey. And we also had, you know, some elements that, were added that he didn't even uh, he did he hadn't heard any of the choirs we did for example until it was mixed and, um so yeah no i wish i would be in that situation once yeah <laughs> one. i i bet i bet i bet you're sat there mixing it thinking wow wouldn't it be really cool to hear this for the for the first time without having heard any of this yeah 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 and um uh, i mean as as regards quadra um during the make, well, it, 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 are there are there any songs that that, that stand out as being uh, particularly harder work than others, and are, and are there are, are any that sort of come together, came together quicker? Good question. Uh, now, I think we struggled with all the songs. <laughs> uh, now we really did. I mean, there are some fairly complex uh, songs in there. Uh, yes, that we tried uh, quite a lot of. We, there were some songs that we restructured down to the... Well, while mixing, I, I restructured some songs. Um, and uh, also when we did vocals. Uh, yeah, I, I do remember now. It all comes back to me. <laughs> it was a lot of hard work uh, with some stuff. Um, but um, um, it, it's possible that there were a few that were a little easier uh like the um the um ali song for example yeah uh, it's a fairly basic uh, track and then we had this um friend of andreas doing some well i, I don't want to mention the word but like dubstep <laughs> element <laughs> to it so uh, i wasn't really involved in that i got a um, uh like you know 
10 different options, then I chopped something together out of those and, and mixed it in. So that one was pretty straightforward, I suppose. But the rest of the songs, it's, you know, pretty complex stuff. So when when you're saying that you know that they that, you know the first time they heard the uh, the choral stuff was when you w- w- was was when you'd mixed it, did they? I mean, yeah, presumably you discussed the choring vo- choral vocals being there, and it was just a case of you sort of saying, right, "I'm going to stick some chorals in there." Or when you were mixing it, did you just think, "Hey, I know what would sound good there"? Uh, no, this was um, uh, something that I brought onto the table. Um, pretty early on, I think, when we were already when we were recording drums, I had some choir ideas um, that I, you know, pitched to them a little bit, and they were, you know, they're very open uh, to all ideas. So, um, and then as we were, or as I were, was trying to um, to arrange the the choirs, um, there were some more added as well, and then we. Worked on some Latin lyrics with with some other you know external help on that. Um, so we, we had a plan for it, and, and Derek even sang like a guide, um, like a one line guide for some of the choirs for the phrase, you know to get the phrasing right and and that kind of thing. And then I had a friend who who actually arranged them um, into um, the different sections. And then I had them recorded here in Urbu. Um, so, but that was like a really last-minute thing. It was basically at the same time as I was started mixing, the choir recording happened. So, yeah. Wow, that sounds like one of those things that you that you know you've got to do, but at the outset you also know this is this is going to be a lot of work, and there's a lot of moving parts, different people involved, and you've just got to hope it, it all comes together. Yeah, yeah it is. And, you know, also the fact that you need to find time for 25 singers uh, at the same time, uh, you know, to, I think there was something like that, 25 singers for this. Wow. Uh, all, all, that, all that ego in the room at, at, at one time. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to phrase their own way. <laughs> With that, but that was interesting. Was, have, you, have you recorded sort of multiple vocals like that before? All oh, right. Okay. So you're an you're an old hand in dealing with the, all the different voices. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I started out, I didn't work with a lot of heavy music. I, I really did. Uh, uh, I moved up to to where I'm now in Urbu, like 2001. And um, to begin with, like the first few years there, um, it was still at a time when people needed a studio for for doing. Um, their stuff so I did everything you know basically um, classical stuff um, folk music uh, jazz um, all that kind of thing so it was a really really good uh, experience for me so I don't fear anything when it comes to arrangements and and instruments and stuff like that so um, it's a little different than most metal producers that usually comes you know from playing in a band perhaps and that kind of thing yeah, absolutely, and and um, and presumably as well, you still have that, you still have that issue. Um, and again, some people might not believe this when hearing it, but you you'll still have that issue of 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 having a member in the band who is expected to deliver, who unfortunately, for whatever reason, just doesn't seem to be able to um, to pull it off. Yeah, 
Uh, do you mean in general or? Um... Yeah, I mean, well, no, I, I mean, kind of like the the that ultimate situation where you've got where you've got a song and everyone's before you know everyone's kind of laid down their, their stuff on it and and somebody is struggling and just kind of like not up to the task. That's got to be one of the worst situations to deal with. It is. Uh, I mean, an absolute worst case scenario, perhaps. Uh... Someone else needs to <laughs> engage for the task. Yeah, that's hard with with, with a with a singer, of course. Uh, so, so that's um, yeah, that's the worst kind of thing. That's also one pretty good tip I could you know mention for anyone anyone else struggling with productions. Uh, that um, a pretty standard thing is that people always do vocals last during a production oh thank you so, so much thank you so much i know what you're gonna say and i'm very excited sorry i was so excited i had to interrupt but carry on <laughs> yeah, so, but it, it's so typical you know that uh, yes. you have this certain amount of days and uh, then it, w- it will be a little delayed and uh, who's you know who's gonna take the the fall for that yeah the singer who only you know who, who had 12 days of vocal recordings but now it's suddenly six days because the bass player had to have two more days, and the guitar player had to, etc. So um, you end up there with um, um, with a short amount of time. You need to pull up vocals, and then the singer gets a cold, uh, and you're basically fucked. Uh, <laughs> or you can, you know, cut some pretty horrible vocals. But if you try to think about that to begin with, uh, what I usually do is, as soon as possible, as soon as as soon as it is possible, I usually want to start tracking vocals. Um, so I have a, a schedule of vocals like yeah, let's let's try two days in a row three if if, if uh, inspiration is there and then we have a break one two days will be flexible everyone else can you know easily be flexible like let's bring in you know let's do some guitars uh, let's do the the bass for the song while the singer you need to I always put highest priority on the singer like uh, um, the um, uh, Sorry, I'm losing the word here. Uh, basically, the daily shape of the singer decides whether we do vocals right, or we do yeah. something else. Yeah, yeah, and 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 look, I'm I'm really pleased to hear all of that. Um, and the and the other the other the other point about what you were, you were just talking about there is, if you're doing the vocals last, um, there is there there is a, a sort of inverted commas unique kind of pressure on a singer um live but also in the studio and when everybody else has finished their parts you know it can be it's you know you 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 can be a bit sort of like yeah don't fuck it up kind of vibe and it's (laughs) like very true and also uh, the other reason that i like to implement vocals early is that it's much easier to do any like you know extra ornamentations to the song after the vocals are done because the vocals are more important than a lead guitar actually absolutely absolutely has to change the note at that you know given point or whatever uh, if there's vocals underneath uh, i would like to have vocals there first you know find the, the ideal uh, melody line for the vocals or a rhythm or whatever and then yeah. we will adapt uh, guitars instead of having to you know feel like we're forced to adapt to something that's already already there uh, and this also has to do with, you know, if the songs are not completely done when you enter the studio, uh, that's another reason to 
to try to get vocals in there as soon as possible. Uh, and, if, and if that's not possible for whatever reason, then at least I would like to have some sort of guide vocals that we can relate to. And like, you know, having the, the main melody completely down the way we want it. So as we go on with whatever other elements we need to do, we have that to relate to. And then we would, you know, jump back and do proper vocals. Well, that, but also that's, that's important for, for, from a vibe point of view as well, isn't it? Uh, you, you know, the, the, the vo- a lot of the time the vocals will determine the, the mood and the vibe. And yeah. if you got it there right from the very beginning, that, that helps you build that vibe up. Absolutely. Because it is really funny how, you, how many people sort of write uh, metal music. You wouldn't write a pop song instrumentally and then trying to add vocals you know, usually. But that's usually how metal music is written, perhaps written by the, the guitar player, and uh, this is the song. <laughs> now you need to put vocals on it, which is pretty weird if you think about it. Uh, it it's always good to try to get vocals in, into the songwriting, you know, at early stage, especially if it's uh, melodic vocals, because you would, you know, most of the time you would find that, well, what about if we change the corporation like this, then we can have this melody instead, and that's actually better. And the thing you just tried to write here over the <laughs> the, the the chords that the guitar player thought was was really you know cool playing. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, well, I, I I think in my entire career I've only uh, only written only performed on one song where the lyrics came first and the music was written to it. And funnily enough, it's probably one of our best, if not strongest, songs to this day in our entire catalogue. So, um, okay. so, 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 yeah, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I, I think also from what you were saying about you know about when you know working with a vocalist etc. I also think it's it's incredibly important for me. Um, I think the collaborative aspect aspect when it comes to vocals as well, because when you were talking about those that you know just taking the pressure off a little bit, which is you know getting in early and recording vocals and things like that. Um, it it takes the pressure off when you're in that booth, but you feel like you're working with somebody, not for somebody. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And like you know, like like you're you're a team. I mean, I'm I'm always glad to hear suggestions coming back, you know, through the control room, because ultimately it, it can you can feel really sort of lonely and disconnected in that vocal booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the way you record these days, usually when it comes to heavy music, anyway, like person, <laughs> person, person uh, for person, and um, well, the drummer is also in there, of course, on his own. But guitar player, bass player, you would have in the control room normally, and the amps, you know, roaring in, in the next door room. Uh, but like you said, vocalists, it's you're communicating through uh, talk back and. Uh, just a pretty alien environment standing there with headphones and uh, you know pretty disconnected from the tour uh, you know the audience feedback and whatever you're used to as a singer yeah absolutely so it's uh, it's you know it's a lot of singers that you know more or less hate the studio <laughs> situation so <laughs> one needs to you know try to decipher why they hate it and you know whatever you can do to to make it comfy it could be uh, everything, basically. A lot has to do with the personal chemistry, of course. You know, try to find um, the, the, the frequency of that person, if that makes sense. Uh, and um, 
but it could also be surrounding things like some people don't give a fuck, you know, about lightning or stuff like that, whilst other are more sensitive souls and need a certain set uh, around them to uh, to feel that they're you know can get into their lyrics and the songs. Yeah, yeah, and the setting is 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 very important to a certain extent. Um, but also, I would imagine that you've got you know you, you you've got so many different types of people and there's so many different types of singers as well. You know, you've got you've got singers who are who are performers and you've got performers who are singers. Where you know maybe the ability isn't that amazing, but you know they're they're, they're good at what they do live and it's and it's sort of coaxing out a a, 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 a studio version of what they do live that yeah you know that, that can do justice to the rest of uh, of what everyone else has done. I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and when it comes to, to the how the set is important, uh, I could mention one thing. Uh, this didn't happen to me, but I had a, a good friend that produced an album where um, the singer asked for a large, you know, piece of plastic. So why, why, why are you going to shoot me in the head and wrap it, <laughs> wrap me in the plastic? But uh, he wanted the plastic underneath him so that he could cut himself and throw up while singing <laughs> um really whatever works <laughs> yes <laughs> right didn't happen to me but you know a good friend of mine and uh, a swedish band <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that explains a lot but i mean that is <laughs> that that really is needlessly suffering for your art yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and um with um I, I'm getting back to Quadra again. Were you um, presumably you were in on the whole the whole concept um, from from the very beginning as well? Because that's very important because it pretty much is underlying through the whole album. True. I mean, there were uh, even though that I said that you know there were a lot of stuff that perhaps wasn't completely ready, and we changed a lot. What was ready uh, was the. Um, the concept, the quadra thing, the double LP thing, and also the, the track order, more or less, at least. Um, so there were these guidelines that we needed to um, keep to. And I thought that was, you know, that was completely fair, even though I think choosing the uh, track order is a dangerous thing before you enter the studio. But um, in this case, it, it made sense, you know. Uh, the um, Like the the song sketches or skeletons were um, had this in mind, like, you know, starting off um, heavy and then go to, to something else, et cetera. So I think that makes sense. It also makes it easier for them to have something to talk about in interviews. Yeah. And I, I think, um, have you, I mean, from, from a, from a concept point of view, I think it's, um, uh, it, it's it's fascinating. It really is. Um, were you able to? We, I mean, obviously, there's understanding the concept. Was it, were there was there anything that you that you kind of brought to the table that 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 you know that added to that or or or, or prevented you suggesting something? Do you know what I mean? Is like it, it, it because the concept is baked into the album. Did it ever kind of prevent any sort of creative decisions being made about the songs? Um. Not really. I didn't see it that way. Um, um, no, I can't remember anything that was conflicting with the, with any ideas. 
Um, it's possible that I would personally have chosen, you know, if there were, because that's also the thing. We had these songs, period. There were no additional songs to choose from, which is usually a good thing to have, right? Because if we would have, then perhaps I would have, you know, suggested, let's, you know, we need one more up-tempo, heavier song to put here on the album or something like that. But since they had that uh, format, um, you know, I respected that, of course. Um, and um, so yeah, so that made sense. And and again, presumably, it is just it, it, you know to have to have that that kind of organisation um, is 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 a benefit. But also, when you've worked with a band before and as intensely as um, uh, a Sepultura, then the fact that there's there's still work to do when they come in is is not really a cause for concern because you you know you ultimately you know everything's going to be all right in the end. Well, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. No, you know, it's a it's a, it's a room f- full of you know talented <laughs> people and songwriters. It usually works out um, just fine. So, um, and what was it working? What was it like working with Eloy again? Oh, I mean, he's amazing. He is really the best drummer that I ever worked with. It's uh, yeah, it's just crazy <laughs> the way he hits. And uh, the groove he has while hitting so hard, it's uh, I, it's a pure joy. Uh, I do suffer a little bit watching him playing, though, because he, you know, he's super fit, but still he sweats like a pig. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was really worn down by by, uh, by playing. So yeah, it's just complete insanity watching him play. But it's a joy, you know. I'm a drum fetishist myself, and it's uh, so fun to to watch him play. The only thing, the only difficult part about it is that, you know, you would find yourself just being in awe of what he was playing instead of, you know, no, now I need to push, get myself into the critical position here. Yes, <laughs> try yeah. to push things forward and not just be a fan. I, I know what you mean so yeah you you, you can sit you listen to a playthrough and go wow that you know that's fucking amazing and then you suddenly have to remember no yeah that's fucking amazing and I need I need to point out you know what needs tightening up and what doesn't quite work yeah yeah exactly so but aren't, aren't you also so. listening to it and with half an ear on oh my god I can't believe I'm gonna have to edit and grid these <laughs> yeah but I don't I oh you don't <laughs> Now I understand. Now I understand why you why you're, you're you're so good at what you do. Have you found somebody who grids and edits drums? No, no, no. I mean, uh, I just say that uh, I'm not a fan of the modern way of uh, gridding drums like it has to be done. Uh, I don't work like that. I never, I never did it. Right. Uh, I mean, I do edit drums uh, like a madman, and I do a lot of takes. Uh, but I want it to sound like someone actually performed it in the end. If it sounds like it's, you know, quantized or uh, I'm very sensitive to that. I hate it. I yeah. can't listen to it. To, uh, I mean, which just goes sorry, to just ninety five percent of all modern metal. <laughs> I no, look, I, I I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, uh, and that's that's you know why things. Uh, well, for me, that's why we've had the rise of sort of laptop metal productions. Um, where you know things sound like they're they're you know they're mixed for earbuds um, and yeah sonically you can hear everything and it all sounds good but the, but there's no feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that is the core 
most important kind of thing that I'm going for in productions. You know, I want it to sound like it's, you know, that you can hear the player, <laughs> that it sounds really good. I do the same with rhythm guitars. I mean, I would do 100 takes. Uh, people, you know, would get problems with their hands after working with me, but uh, I wouldn't go in and, and let the machine trying to just just because you can or just because you see on the the screen that it looks in a certain way it always needs to be the the ear for me <laughs> like you know do i like this i so perhaps also the fact that i'm not from the metal world so much to begin with and i enjoy, i you know i enjoy a good group uh, and that kind of thing and um, i know that the metal audience also do that even though they might not realize it otherwise bands like uh, iron maiden and uh, slayer wouldn't be so popular because there you have the opposite of the modern uh you know destroyed kind of metal well so you well some 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 maiden albums aren't even bloody mastered yeah yeah exactly and they would raise like 15 bpms in the last course <laughs> stuff yeah. like that yeah and i love that yeah i work a lot with um uh, uh, when it comes to drums uh, or like the basic foundation of the song I work a lot with tempo changes between parts and I also experiment a lot with takes with a click and clickless takes and then my like uh, compiled drum um, version of the song could be a complete uh, mixture of those takes that I did without the click with the click uh, and my BPM grid could be 119.72 <laughs> at some part to match the, the clickless take that I did that I really enjoyed the groove right. for. So, um, yeah, this is like one of the core things in my productions that no one gives a fuck about to notice, but <laughs> I, I do spend a lot of time, you know, uh, with this. And if I listen back to something I did and it feels too static, uh, I never feel good about myself, but uh, I don't think I ever listened back and, and thought, my God, I should have made that tighter. Or <laughs> right. It's, uh, yeah. No, I want the, the brain to be tickled. Yes. And the song to be, be interest, you know, feel fresh and interesting. And I try to have unique takes for different choruses and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, well, just not a yeah. repetition when it comes to I d Yeah, no, I, d I do exactly the same. Um, it, you know, it's it's, it's got to be done. Basically, you have to, um, uh, yeah, you have to um, uh, kind of keep that. It, well, it, just your line about choruses. There, you you can't just cut and paste a chorus and just dump it, you know, into the song. Um, then there needs to be there needs to be difference. There needs to be different textures going on. Otherwise, it it it's just you know that's where you start with that kind of artificial feeling. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, I mean, we have 60 years of successful music history where, where this was not available. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it's a big problem, I think, for modern musical art that uh, people don't know how to distinguish between uh, musicianship and, uh, <laughs> and editing. Yeah, yeah, so, true, um, true. Yeah. And and. It, it is it is you know that, that that they are the times we live in um and you know those those atmosphereless productions are always something that you know that everyone fears 
but as you said i think if you can if you can stick to that rule of just keeping it trying to keep it sound as live as possible and 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 concentrating on the vibe then you know you, you you can't really go wrong do you ever have you you know do you ever get any sort of resistance towards that no absolutely not good uh, i mean occasionally someone might uh, say something about um, you know could we uh, adjust that this or that but most, you know usually I'm, I'm the biggest critic when it comes to to anything and it's not like i don't edit like i say i, I definitely do editing but i'm super against um gridding and, and making things too tight i just want it to sound like it's fantastic performance and, and if it's not if it's a really shitty performance i'm trying hard to edit that into sounding like a good performance yeah and not just grid it if you know what i mean yeah it's, yeah no absolutely now, um, Andreas mentioned also that um, that Paolo had um, uh, had um, uh, really done the business um, this time around, as uh, as he always did. Um, and um, was it was it good working with Paolo again? I mean, uh, Paolo is um, is a fantastic dude. I, I love him. Um, he is perhaps not the most uh, technical bass player out there, and uh, um, that's a pretty different thing. Or I guess. His problem the latest years has been Eloy because Eloy has <laughs> taken the drums to to a new level, um, in my opinion, and, and you know much more difficult level. And um, if you want the bass to to be in there, you know you really need to make sense um, of the bass playing. And um, yeah, that that's hard. That, that's definitely hard for for Paulo. I don't think he would disagree uh, with that. So uh, for this album and also the previous album, we worked really hard trying to, um, you know, get the bass lines um, properly. And uh, Paolo had to work really, really hard learning those those things. Uh, but he, uh, he did, he sat day and night with his headphones, you know, learning the stuff. And um, um, then we did, quite a lot of days um, with the actual bass tracking as well well the results without a doubt um you, you know is, is awesome your work with all for your, with all four uh musicians to create this you know this kind of this living beast of an album is um <laughs> is, is, is superb now jens i really thank you for your time um, I do have just a couple of subscriber questions, if you can bear with me for one minute. But um, but for now, Jens, um, thank you so much for sparing the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having, having me on. And, of course, it doesn't finish there. Now, one of the benefits, as I mentioned earlier, about supporting the podcast um, via that live link in the description is that you can support the podcast, sign up for $5 a month, and one of the things you get, as well as all of the things I mentioned earlier, is a chance to submit questions in advance for your heroes, people you've always wanted to ask a question, people that you've always wanted to speak to. Well, I get to speak to them for you and I get to answer, uh, sorry, I get to ask the questions that you want to be asked. So these uh, questions were submitted by patrons at Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Do this for all the podcasts. So if you want to join in, feel free. Now, here are the fan questions for Jens. 
Okay, so I have um, some listener questions for you. Um, do have some people who listen to the show that are incredibly interested in musical production. So um, here we go. Uh, this is from Nick Russell. After, che- after checking, I have at least 30 albums that you've been involved with, including the most underrated album of the last 10 years, Soilworks, The Living Infinite. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I would imagine that at this point in your career, uh, you don't need to look for work. Is it more a case of um, uh, it, is it more a case of can you fit somebody in? Yeah, it, that really depends. Uh, uh, really, I mean, usually I have I know what I'm supposed to do for the next six eight months, but um, as the music business is a pretty <laughs> alive beast. And people, uh, you know, they are delayed, especially musicians, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Um, there could suddenly be uh, gaps in my schedule. So it's constantly um, changing. And um, someone asking me to, to mix an album, sometimes I'm, you know, able to fit it within within two, three weeks. And sometimes it's, it's um, um, you know, far down the line. So no easy way of answering that, but I am blessed that I don't have to hunt for for work. Well, that that that's you know that is very cool. That is very cool. Um, in fact, oh by the way, just so you know, I'm not sure if you know this anyway, but yeah, we we um, we were recommended to you by Logan Madder. I think it was a conversation that um, that Jace had with with Logan, okay. and, and he was like, "You need to get this dude," because um, he'd sent over some early mixes of our album, and and he was like, "Dude, you need to get." Yens to master this. Okay. So, uh, so there you go. Right, here we go. Next question, which is also from Nick Russell. Being that we've we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, it's Nick's question. Being that you produce, mix, and master, do you uh, do you have to view things slightly differently depending on the role you might have on an album? Uh, sorry, can you repeat the question? Sure, uh, sure. Be- Being that you produce, mix, and master. Do you have to view things slightly differently depending on the role you might have on an album? So you might you might um, just be the mix. Sorry, is he asking um, using differently? I didn't hear the, uh, or is it just my? All right, okay. So do you have to view things slightly differently depending do, on the role? Do things. Do things. Sorry, yeah. it, it's the, uh, the the quality of the Skype conversation. All right, know. right, okay. It's not it's not do uh, things. It's view, as in. View, view things. things. Now I hear it. Now I hear right. It. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. You do have to view things differently, um, and that's the hardest part, I would say, with this doing everything. I would normally say that, typically, um, sixty years of music production history um, has taught us that it's usually best to have. Uh, different people for these different roles in metal it has become different and also the new times will you know we live in where you can't really afford having both a producer and an engineer etc um but it is a good thing about having like an external ear uh, coming in when it comes to myself uh, i do feel that over the years i've managed to, to master all these these um trades and uh i rather do everything uh, myself so i don't have to you know try to tell someone how to do their work um but uh absolutely i try to really 
get into the role of the mixer when I do the mixing, nothing back, not, you know, continuing producing while mixing. And the same with mastering. I try not to, if I feel that I need to do something while mastering that I should have done while mixing, I would go back to the mix and make it right before, you know, trying to destroy, before destroying the, the mixes during mastering. So, uh, yeah, I can't recommend doing everything. It's usually better to, to uh, pick someone that is paramount at each task. But, uh, well, what can I say? I'm stupid. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Far from it, mate. Um, do you have to put your producer head to one side if you're just mixing or mastering? Yeah. Uh, well, if I mix, then I still have the ability to to help out a little bit. You know, I, I'm the kind of mixer that would suggest or just add some stuff sometimes <laughs> if I think it makes sense. You know. Um, like um, copy some vocal things to another part as a suggestion if I feel, you know, feels a little bit lacking or if I feel that, okay, but this riff here, why not just, you know, cut that in half? Then I might suggest that uh, to the band. And I would also uh, add some, you know, effects like here perhaps it would be nice with some swell or um, something like that just to to make the song flow better. Uh, And I would also go in and do some editing during mixing without saying anything to anyone. Uh, like, <laughs> this obviously, the, these notes from the vocals, you know, it makes my cat scream here in the background. I, I need to <laughs> pitch them a little bit. Or um, this fill, obviously, they probably didn't hear this when they were recording due to proper, you know, due to poor monitoring or something. Let me just, you know, fix those drums a little bit now when we have a clear sound and everything. So yeah. basically like that without... I just do the stuff that I need to do to make the song sound good. Cool, cool. Thank you. Um, and without uh, this is this is um, still Nick. Um, without naming, have you ever mixed or mastered an album but thought the production wasn't very good? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <That> happens, <laughs> happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it happens all the time, and the opposite. Sometimes you know. It's, wow, this is great, great stuff, great production, great songs. And sometimes, yeah, well, this is what it is. It pays the bills. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, uh, last question. Oh, there's a couple of questions here. This is from Mark Pensum. Uh, Mark says, and I, he genuinely says, great mastering job on the age of entitlement. Um, which bit do you enjoy most? Producing, getting the performances part, um, which was really cool in the Quadra Studio videos, seeing how you adapt to each player, or the final sonic impression from, from the engineer, or the mix or the master side when you finalise the project. So what's your favourite part of the of the process, if you have one? Oof, that would depend so heavily on the project. Uh, I, 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 thought, I thought you were going to say that, because I, I was just thinking exactly the same thing, actually. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you've got a band who are let's face it not great players, the performance part is an absolute fucking nightmare. Whereas if they're great and they collaborate and they listen, that can be an absolute joy. Exactly, it really has the whole uh, spectrum there. I've had days where I you know didn't want to go to work, and I've had days <laughs> where you know fly into work because it's so uh, creative and fun to do to work with. 
with some people. Um, and same with mixing. Sometimes the mixing just feels like a struggle, uh, and sometimes it's you know the best job in the world uh, sitting and mixing. Same with mastering. You know, sometimes that can be a really really nice uh, change because it's a little more technical, um, and uh, sometimes it's nice to not having to worry too much about the creative things and just uh, do mastering and you do an album in a day and then you move on with your life basically so that's uh, you know you got to listen to hopefully a great album for that day uh, master it and then you go on so it's uh, it really depends and, and I think the reason why I do all these three jobs which it is um, is because I am you know I, I enjoy them all yeah yeah and um, it's interesting as well because uh, you're not, you don't strike me as, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but you don't strike me as somebody who's a who's a control freak, because as you just said, then you know you 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 would you'd rather sort of be on sort of one part of an album rather than trying to do rather than trying to do everything. Um, is have you always been that way, or have you learned over the years to just maybe sort of let go a little? Yeah, good question. Uh, I think my the, the people that knows me and that work with me, they would probably say that I am a control freak. Uh, but right. um, but I, it used to be worse. Um, I used to even you know turn down work if I didn't get to do everything uh, on it. Uh, but I've adapted to to the way things work in, in the business, and especially this whole new ability to record uh, back home, etc. So um, I would definitely you know take on a mixed job, even though I know that it would be better if I would be able to record it as myself as well etc so um, um, I have dropped my control freak uh, level a little bit <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no but still I like to yeah uh, you should ask my fishing buddies when we're out fishing <laughs> <laughs> there's one people who chart the, the course and <laughs> decide where we fish and how we fish and unfortunately that, that's usually me all oh, right okay yeah yeah i know I, yeah yeah I, I i can imagine it's 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 hard to enjoy something unless you're you're somehow involved in in steering it yeah yeah yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm, but, uh, I'm i'm exactly the same mate i'm exactly the same um and um uh, look, Jens, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. It really has. Um, and I know I've said it before, but one thing I want to say is again, you know, your work mastering our album was just superb. And and I, and personally, I felt I felt like I really personally benefited from it as well because I think there are some little bits and pieces, some little tweaks that you did with vocal parts that you tweaked in the mastering that weren't there in the final mix. And thank you. Because the little bits and pieces you did, I noticed, and I fucking love them. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Look, man, it's been it's been awesome to finally talk, and I'm sure our paths will cross again, again one day. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a real pleasure, and thanks for Quadra, because that is also a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No worries. It's been an absolute pleasure, Jens. You take care, man. You too. Take care, man. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there you go. That was the Sepultura Sepulquata Quadra special. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you all. Now, there is tons of further podcasts 
Um, I've had loads of people on here. Um, Dave Levson, Scott Ian, um, Gary Holt, you name them. They have been on Jimmy DeGrasso, Bobby Blitz, Eric AK, you name it. The, the, all the good and the great have been on here. So feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed popping in for these if you're a, a Sepultura fan and that's how you discovered us. If you're a regular bollocker, well, thank you very much. You're used to this fine, high quality, aren't you? Um, anyway, all that remains to say is it's been great fun doing this. I have to thank Sepultura because they've been an absolute just delight to deal with. So helpful, so uh, so positive. Um, bearing in mind that we did these interviews back in March Um it's taken time to get together, but it's really been worth it. And, you know, I can't thank them enough. What a great bunch of guys. Not just a great band. What a great bunch of guys. So, anyway, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for listening. Check out all the podcasts. Uh, and um, I hope to speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.